In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with a special unfortunate edition of Southern Fried Soccer. The U.S. was beaten by Trinidad and Tobago 2-1 to tonight. That combined with a Panama win and the Honduras result knocked the red, white, blue out of the 2018 World Cup in Russia. It is the first time since 1986 that the U.S. has failed to qualify for the world's largest sporting event. Uh, it is the first time that I can remember that the U.S. is going to be looking inward, really looking inward to try to figure out how to fix this uh, for the sport. Um, there have been hiccups many, many times. There have been poor World Cup performances, but this is going to be a result in a sea change unlike anything I think we've ever seen in the sport in the U.S. Um, a few things are, are probably already decided or will be decided and are clear. Uh, Sunil Jalati is likely going to be out as president of the United States Soccer Federation uh, in the upcoming election. He's done wonderful things for the sport, but you can't have this on your resume and expect to go forward. Bruce Arena's contract was only through the World Cup cycle. That World Cup cycle is now done. So now a new manager must be hired who will have a few years, or not too many years, but a year and a half before qualifying starts again, two years before qualifying starts again to figure out how he wants to go forward and with which players he wants to build the club around. Um, some names that have already been thrown out have ties to U.S. soccer, Tab Ramos, Peter Vermees. I think those are the absolute wrong choices at this point. Uh, we've gone too long with too many guys with too many ties to U.S. soccer who continue to choose the same players try to do the same things and frankly we know exactly what's going to happen some of you were upset with me a couple of weeks ago uh, when I posted a, a podcast in which I went off on US soccer and said I was done with the national team well many of those reasons that I listed in that podcast came to fruition tonight when you continue to pick the same players and play the same way the result shouldn't be surprising. So tonight's loss was not a surprise. Um, the U.S. was in this position of needing a win or tie or some other things to go its way to qualify for Russia because it has played poorly, because it is like a fire. It is like identifiable tactics. In some cases, it is like skill. In some places, it is like motivation. In some games, it is like leadership, uh, both on the field and on the sidelines. Um, and tonight was a total and complete failure of everything. Uh, there were no identifiable tactics. 
there was no fire on the field. There was no leadership on the field. Uh, the guys who would look to leadership, Michael Bradley, was uh, once again an invisible player. I still do not understand why everyone thinks he is so solid. He's not. He does nothing. He's a defensive midfielder who doesn't make tackles. He doesn't provide assists. He, he really doesn't do anything. Um, Tim Howard, I don't know what happened to Tim Howard tonight. The first goal, uh, you could say he was a little bit out of position, but it was unlucky. The second goal, come on, man. Uh, and then the one that bounced off his chest, it was weird. I, it may have taken a funny bounce off the turf, but he wasn't helped by his teammates who kind of stood there as he had to run across the penalty box and pick up the ball. Um, the whole thing is just a failure. And then Gelati after the game saying you don't make wholesale changes based upon a ball bouncing off the post. Uh, you're minimizing the the issue. That is like a, a snowflake on an iceberg that you're trying to use as an example of, of how what the U.S. is doing correct. There may be, there are some great things being done in the U.S. Every MLS team has a fantastic academy. Um, the, the U.S. Um, under-17 team has two wins in the World Cup that you could easily say it was badly outplayed by Ghana today and managed to, to nick a lucky result, uh, but it still got the win. Um, but none of it matters if these players aren't being given ample opportunities to, to play for the national team. And that, I think, is the biggest problem, is you have plenty of guys in MLS and maybe in some other leagues that continue to see the same people get called up time after time after time. And so where's the motivation for some of these guys? Um, a guy, Eric Lehigh, cannot get called up. Now, DeAndre Yedlin is probably a better right back, but Lehigh can't get up as a, called up as a backup. Graham Zussi gets called up at left back, and he stinks. Matt Beasler's not even the best center back on his own team. But he starts tonight, and Opara is at home. It just it makes no sense. I mean, I was telling somebody on Twitter, Michael Parkhurst could have done better than either of these guys tonight. Jeff Arunowitz would have certainly shown more fire than Michael Bradley on the U.S. men's national team tonight as a defensive midfielder. And I'm pretty sure he could have handled the job all by himself. Um, so we need someone with fresh eyes, with no ties to the U.S., who doesn't care about the name on the back of the jersey. We'll simply pick the players who are in form, who fits his tactics best, or her tactics. It could be a, a female coach for all I care right now. And has a plan that people can understand and believe in. Won't make excuses about CONCACAF. I mean, you think qualifying in Africa is easy? You think qualifying in Asia is easy? You think the hot shots in Europe, as Arena called them, have it easy? Heck no. Chile would easily finish one or two in CONCACAF if it got to play there, but it plays in South America, and it just missed out on the World Cup. It's ridiculous, the excuses that are being floated by everyone. Need fresh eyes at the top, Fresh eyes on the sideline, fresh eyes evaluating the player personnel, fresh tactics, fresh ideas. Because the U.S. players right now don't have the skills to keep up with some of the other teams that are more skilled. They can't execute those type of tactics. So for now, someone has to figure out a better way. I posted something on Twitter about how MLS seems to be benefiting other CONCACAF teams more than the U.S. That's not an indictment of MLS. It's not MLS's responsibility to fuel uh, find players for the U.S. men's national team. But you do look at the other teams. You look at Jamaica getting to the Gold Cup a couple years ago with a roster full of MLS players. You look at Panama, Costa Rica, Honduras with rosters full of MLS players. These are countries that do have some history in the World Cup but should not be competing with the United States 
for World Cup qualifying simply because of logistics, demographics, numbers. The U.S. 300 million people in the U.S. 300 million dollars has got to be spent in the past 10 years on developing soccer in the U.S. and it's not going to the World Cup of these other countries that have rosters with MLS players, players that may not be in MLS if the league weren't there, there's no telling where they would be, have benefited. They've gotten their playing time, they have managers that will choose them and play them no matter their age, no matter their form, good or bad, and their countries are benefiting. That's what I meant. Um, so anyway, this is a sad night for U.S. soccer. The only reason it should stay sad is if there are no changes made, if we don't take this and learn from it and move forward. But anyway, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It'll get better. All right, bye-bye. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, oh, oh.